You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Okay, hello everybody, Jono here and I'm super excited because we've got a very special guest this week, someone that I've been following for a while and I, I look up to very much as a copywriter. So a little bit about this person. She runs the Word Distiller, which is her copywriting business. She's done all sorts of copywriting throughout the years. Her focus now is on her online course. So if you're interested in learning more about copywriting, you want to do an online course, I'll put the link below and you'll get uh, the details for Kirsten's course there. She also runs one of the best Facebook groups in the world for people that want to improve their copywriting. That group is the Copywriting for Coaches, Consultants, and Service-Based Experts. I'll put the link uh, to that below in the notes as well. But anyways, without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Ms. Kirsten back. Kirsten, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Jono. And uh, so now I have to live up to the expectations that you've just set. And maybe to start with, I just tell you a little bit about myself so that you know uh, how I've come to copywriting and why I do what I do. So when I look back when I was still a kid, um, I was always a bit different and the odd one out. So sometimes it wasn't so great, but more often than not, it was kind of wonderful because I only had to deal with people who thought like me and always agreed with me, basically myself. So just, just one example is like, uh, we had this library van coming to our road. And um, as a kid, whereas all the other kids, they, they ran in one direction where they heard the melody of the ice cream van. I ran the other direction towards the library van, which is quite odd. But um, it's a bit like one of these Pavlov's conditioned dogs. And I, I wasn't salivating, at least not from my mouth, but my mind was possibly doing similar things in expectations of all the books I could read. So, but seriously, um, the library van was a heck of a lot more interesting for me. And the other kids, they spent a dollar and had five minutes of joy. I didn't spend anything and had hours of access to kind of foreign worlds and mysterious people, evil villains, all sorts of animals who were behaving far more sensibly than all the kids of the neighborhood put together. And I could spend my dollar on chocolate, which lasted a lot longer than ice cream. Mm -hmm. So that had a great double effect. Chocolate made me happy. And, discover, and I discovered the magical power of words that allows us to order the same words in billions of different combinations to create anything we can imagine. And as a bonus, reading is not a passive activity because you actually become a co-creator of the stories you you read and um you know you, you imagine what the heroes look like and you imagine all the faces and every sneer every laugh and you feel with them you feel for them and probably wondered why they were being so stupid in certain situations and um yeah, and, and sometimes you think, yeah, had it been a bit more strategic and not jumped right in, something else would have happened. And then some, in some cases, when you watch a movie, you were so disappointed what the hero looked like or what the place he lived in because you were a co-creator when you read the book. So you have your own, let your own imagination play. So anyway, 
uh, I never lost my love for words. And when I was working in the corporate world for quite a while, words helped me build relationships. They made people do things. And that was the interesting thing. The right words make people do things. And um, they, words let them understand my thoughts, make plans, talk about strategies, all sorts of stuff. And so I realized that putting the words in the right order and context and for the right people, these world, words rather hold the power of persuasion. Words were the key to action and implementation. So basically, you could get people to do almost anything that you wanted to. So, um, but as usual, that didn't last a lifetime because there came a point when I realized that corporate had too many boundaries and I overstepped quite a few mm -hmm. of them um, because corporate was slow. There was no action. There was, there, it was a highly regulated industry I was working in and uh, there were too many rules and regulations for my, for my taste. So um, I changed too many things and that didn't end too well. And I found out that I was much better suited as an entrepreneur. So no more running into to walls, no more being, feeling restricted and suffocated. And actually I was deeply unhappy because um, the corporate world was a culture where people where it was demanding too much of me with regards to my time and hence not being able to be there for my kids and um, my family. So I changed that and turned to what I loved most. I went back to words, became a copywriter and was able to combine all my fancy degrees, knowledge, experience into a business that I love because um, reading, my love for reading also uh, stems from a love love for learning and um, I can't stop doing that. It's compulsive. Mm. So I started out as a classical copywriter, but I was kind of unclassical in the sense that I always ended up coaching my clients before I started writing for them. So it was not like this half an hour brief um, and then off I went to write something for them kind of off off the shelf and generic. I, I really wanted to know what was going on. I wanted to understand my clients and their clients and what was going on, why they've got their business and all this stuff, all this psychological nitty gritty stuff that, that was really, really interesting for me. And um, so for me, writing great copy comes from fundamentally understanding yourself mm. and how awesomely special you are, your clients, and how well you understand them and their needs and their pain points, um, your offer, and how it helps your clients to go through a transformation that makes their lives so much better. And your brand, where you go so much deeper than just the fancy colors and fonts. It's where you understand and learn to express the psychological foundation of, of your brand. That's, that's really, really important um, because it, it, it drives your whole messaging. So I, I still write copy for some awesome dream clients, but most of all, I teach copywriting to fellow entrepreneurs and I teach one-to-one. -one. But now, as John said, I've also got my awesome online course. So, and 
yeah, my, my online program is about teaching entrepreneurs how to write all the copy and content they need to drive the success of their business. And that's it basically about me. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. I love it. Well, um, you've obviously got a bit of experience there. You know a thing or two about copy. So let's talk about it. Where should we, where should we start this, uh, Kirsten? What do you, what's copy to you? Let's say someone's, um, let's, let's paint a picture of the ideal person listening to this podcast. So they've got an online course. They want to sell more of this online course. Maybe they're selling here and there and they've heard about copywriting, but you know, is it something they should go deeper into or should they go deeper into learning Facebook ads or should they go deeper into learning how to run a webinar? What's your take on that? Right. So, um, first of all, people should research a bit and come up with a strategy. That's, a, that's always my, my first thing because um, it, there's no point in looking at, in, into lots of different things. And yes, I mean, usually when I say the word copywriting, eyes glaze over because people think it has to, it's, it's something legal and um, <laughs> they, they, they think it's this little C on the bottom of your website. Um, but uh, there's also a difference between copy and content writing. So mm -hmm. basically the, the, the way how I see it or how many people see it is that uh, content writing is basically to connect with people, to resonate with them and to build relationship and this, this kind of um, no like trust journey. Whereas uh, copywriting is that to persuade people to take action. And that can be many, many different actions. That, that can be um, click down your freebie button or it can be uh, go from your LinkedIn page uh, to sending you a message or it can be press the buy now button. So there are many different actions you can, you want people to take. So copywriting is, is basically the tool that you use to get people to do something. Yeah. And if we, if we go to social media, um, I've posted a lot about social media recently. And uh, if you want to go uh, on LinkedIn or Facebook, you can look me up there and find me there. You can read a few of my posts. Um, however, there are a few things about social media that I wanted to address. And, and you hear it all the time that people, when they're on social media, they have the brain capacity of a goldfish or the attention span of a goldfish. And I think that's totally wrong because it's not true. And the reason I'm saying that is that if we claim that people have a short attention span, then we are shifting the blame from ourselves mm. to our readers saying they are defective. They have shriveled goldfish brains. They cannot pay attention. But in fact, you are not doing your job. You're not keeping people engaged with your content. So that's how we need to see it. Our readers don't have any defective attention span. We write defective posts that are not interesting enough to keep their attention. That's how I see it. And that's what I think needs to change because there's a lot of garbage out there on social media and there are a lot of rubbish posts out there and some people think just posting a quote is a post 
And that's why people basically scroll the length of the Eiffel Tower with their thumbs every day on Facebook. And that is absolutely crazy. So most content on social media is so poor because it's not worth your reader's attention. And in order to get your audience to read your content, it, it, you should get their attention, keep their attention and leave an impact so that they remember you as well. And um, that is something really, really important. You want people to remember you don't, I, I mean, it always annoys me when I get all these invita invitations to like a page or a person or something like that. And I don't do that because I, I think um, if someone wants to like your page or wants to like your feed, then they should choose to like you. The like button is there. They can like it anytime. And if you're writing good content and copy, they will like it. So, um, right. So, and I say that again, that people give their attention quite freely, but they also withdraw it if they're not getting anything out of it. So if you keep writing rubbish posts, then people will go away. But if you um, keep writing good content and good posts, then people will look forward to your posting. So it's in your hands to also to, to, to design your feed and what you see in your feed. And honestly, we can pay attention for a long time. So um, you possibly binge watch, watched on Netflix lately or stayed away half the night to just to finish a book. Um, Disney Plus for so, me, my favorite actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, if you've got a book, good book, I, I've been sitting there for days finishing a book with over a thousand pages or something. And there's nothing wrong with our attention spans. And, you know, from another kind of perspective, um, John, have you ever trained a puppy? Trained a puppy? No, I'm scared of dogs, actually. Oh, <laughs> that's a shame. <laughs> right. I've got some, some dogs, so I'm guessing you have. Yeah, yeah, I've got a couple of border collies, crazy enough. So uh, puppies are just like us. Basically, they, they live to satisfy their most urgent needs. So they eat and they drink and consequently poop and pee. Um, they play and they learn. And they've really got this urge to learn. But if you let them run totally riot, they, they, they turn your house into a mess and they chew all your shoes to bits and, and, and whatever they do. But when you teach them with positive reinforcement, that, that means reward them for good behavior, then they will repeat that good behavior to be rewarded. And after a while, they start showing a lot of other behaviors that they think you might like in order to earn a reward. Mm. So that's the power of positive reinforcement. It's really, really powerful. And they pay attention to you, to your every move because they know they will be rewarded at one point. They want to please you. So, and, and, and social media is a little bit the same. You, you kind of create the environment and the responses you want, and you have to put a lot of work into it and share a lot of value in order to create um, a community that pays attention to you and takes action on your call to actions. And your rewards need to be valuable to your community. So if you give them, um, some, some, if you pass on some of your most important knowledge. So, uh, sometimes it can be something like, uh, what I, what I want to talk through later, uh, 
a writing process. How, how, do, how do you write good posts? A lot of people are struggling with that. But if you kind of pass on information that, or, that, that they need and that they want, then they pay attention to you. And they also spread the love and, give, and get others to pay attention to you. And, uh, and lastly, one other very powerful thing is telling stories is a brilliant way to get and keep attention. Mm -hmm. So if you're not using storytelling, then you're making a lot of things harder for yourself. So in summary, what you need to do is a combination of a few things to keep people engaged. You need to catch attention with something that matters to your readers. Mm -hmm. You need to keep their attention by trading their attention for value. You need to make the process of reading enjoyable mm. and you can work with delayed gratification by providing value or knowledge, entertainment, insights that will give them positive outcomes after they've finished reading and after they've possibly practiced and implemented what you've given to them. So that was an awful lot <laughs> and I need to kind of have a little breather here. Yes, so I'll, I'll, um, I'll summarise that because I think there were some really, really good points there. And I think, yeah, the biggest takeaway, and even if we can just I'll even simplify that to two or three main things where when you're posting there on social media, you've got to get that person's attention because there's two ways to look at it. Either it's like, ah, no one looks, they just scroll. So, yeah, they do. But if they see something that gets their attention, they stop. So I think that's an important part there. And then the interest and in, in keeping people's interest is important too because we probably spend more time on our phones and Netflix and whatever than, than ever, right? It's just a matter of yeah. if, you can, um, if you can get that person's attention or if someone else can get it. And it's your responsibility to get it, right? You can't sit there and say, oh, you know, no one reads my stuff because of the Facebook algorithm or because they're on this or whatever it may be. Like if you're posting good content, then people are going to, to read that content and spend the time reading it. And then I like the impact side of things as well because it's like, I may make a good post now, which gets someone's attention, but it, it's a building process as well. So if that person yeah. reads it, they're like, oh, that was a good post. If I post again tomorrow, even if my headline wasn't as interesting, I've got a bit of credibility there. Oh, Jono, he, he's been doing some good posts recently. So you know what? I'm going to read that post there. So I think both of those things are important there, the attention and the impact. Um, from here, Kirsten, you wanted to move on to, to chatting a bit about websites or... Um, I want to move out because we, we, you've just been talking about writing, writing good posts. I just mm. wanted to, to, um, talk a little bit how you can write good posts. Mm. So just for, just, I try to keep it very, very short. So the first thing is, um, you need to know what your audience wants to hear. Mm. You need to know what their information needs are every step of the way. And then kind of you vary the, the type of post that you make in to keep it a bit interesting. And one very important thing is that you plan your posts and follow a writing process because then your posts are easy to read. And what I said earlier, they enjoy reading your posts. Mm. So you structure your posts and um, you use storytelling. So a lot of people, they say, oh, God, I've never used a, a writing process. I just sit down, have an idea, and I just start writing. And, yeah, when, when you're an experienced writer, that can work for you if you've thought things through and ordered them in your head. But uh, the first thing is, um, Jono, you said you want to leave an impact. Mm. 
Mm. So you only leave an impact if you have a goal. Mm. So that's the first thing that you do. You basically, you define a goal for your post, what you want to achieve with it. What, what do you want your, your um, peeps to do at the end of the post? So just you ask three questions. The first one is what? And that's, what's my topic? What am I writing about? Next question is, so what? Mm. Basically means the, uh, the reader saying, why should I care? Mm. And then the last question is, now what? And that's, what does that mean for my readers with regards to outcomes? So what are they getting out of it? And if you, you kind of answer those three questions beforehand, then you can structure your post quite well. You do, then the next step is you do some brainstorming. I, like, I love uh, mind maps, but a piece of paper does quite well, or some post-it notes or something. And then just put all your thoughts on it, and then you can work to the next step where you structure the stuff and, and your, your ideas into groups and, and see um, how, how can you arrange them in a sequential order that it all makes sense that you build up. Then um, you cut out the fluff. Sometimes there's, there's a bit of stuff which is, oh, it doesn't quite fit or it's a bit too much or makes the post too long. So you cut it out, but don't throw it away. Keep it for, for another post. And then you start writing. So, and, and because then you already have the skeleton of your post, you can write really, really quickly. And you should stick to your outline as much as possible. And then um, the last step is basically to review and edit it. And that's the most important part of, of, of it all. That's where you can turn your draft into a kind of trending content wonder. And then you sit back, take a break, make a cup of tea, eat something, go for a walk with your dog, come back to your desk and review it again. And then you possibly have a, a lovely post that your audience can engage with. So it, it's not really difficult. You just um, need to plan it a little bit and then, and then you, you'll be able to write a really, really good post. And everyone can do that. And the more you practice it, um, the more this will become ingrained and um, so that you don't have to worry about that too much and your brainstorming will be really, really quick. So, shall we move on to websites or to storytelling? What's your choice? Uh, let's, let's go storytelling, because I think that's quite related to uh, the posts. Yes, it absolutely is. So, storytelling is, it, I think it's quite an ominous word because uh, people are a bit scared about it. First of all, a lot of people think, oh, I don't have any stories to tell. And I don't know what people could be interested. I'm, I'm, I'm not a very interesting person and my life's been quite ordinary and boring. Um, yeah, that's, um, that's how most, most people think, but um, storytelling, everyone has heaps of stories to tell. We just don't know how to discover them or how to tease them out. Mm. And there are a few reasons why, why stories are so, um, so powerful. So storytelling are really, really great with engaging emotions. Mm. And when we talk about emotions that we have to keep in mind that decisions, most decisions are made emotionally by our subconscious 
minds and stories tap directly into our subconscious minds actually there's been research by a professor called Jared Zoltman and he <clears throat> said that nine or found out that 95% of all buying decisions are made emotionally and then 5% is our rational brain um, justifying the decision basically so um, in, in using storytelling we're using something that's already pre-programmed into our brains and we naturally love it we are attracted to stories and it just you know when you go to a pub for example um, usually the, those people who tell good stories they've got a bit of a crowd around them and it is cheerful and people are laughing and they're drinking lots of beer and stuff um, storytellers attract and, um, and and stories can influence because they kind of draw people into the story and after listening to the story people emerge and they are changed so for example if if you go and watch a movie and you compare the mood you were in when you went to watch the movie and the mood you're in when you come out after the movie very often if, if it was a good movie you're still in the movie you kind of it, it's still kind of flying around in in your head and um that's what stories can do they can they can release hormones that influence our mood like they can re release oxytocin so that that helps you to trust and helps to bond and and, and kind of gives you a lovey-dovey feeling and they can release cortisol to get attention um so dopamine often kind of little scary bit or shocks and stuff they help uh, they, they get our attention as well and they give us a little jolt and help us remember things better so that's also why we remember stories a lot better than just facts or sheets of data mm -hmm. and um now so this, this is kind of the theory behind it why, why it works in our brains now what, what actually makes a good story and um what are the story types or story components that that's a totally different um story and um what we learned in school is that stories have three different parts they have a beginning a middle and an end and that's it and that's that's still that still applies that's nothing complicated so usually we a story starts out with describing a normal situation how you went about your life and um how you start out and how your life was kind of okay usually or how your life is today could be bad in fact you can start off yeah. with something bad and then um something happened some sort of event and Kindra Hall calls it the explosion and that's the the moment where things change so if, if it's for example there, there are a few story patterns if it's a kind of overcoming the monster story it could be a tragic accident where you um whatever break both your legs and arms and and can't do business anymore or, or something or a cancer scare or whatever it can be something really really tough you have to overcome then so your life totally changes and then you start struggling and um fighting the the, the the evil and you develop and you grow and you change and you transform and then you create a new normal 
that's a little bit like coming out of COVID, I guess. <laughs> Lots of people mm -hmm. are kind of creating their new normal. And, um, and that's the way the hero lives after he's gone through a transformation and has become a better, wiser, stronger person. And the new normal is what makes a story worth listening to, especially in business. Mm. Because if you, for example, tell your story that mirrors the story of your perfect audience, then you already show them, I've been where you were, you start with the old normal, then you describe your explosion on the aha moment that you had, that you say, oh God, something happened, I need to make a change, then you work through it, and then you describe how you're now making the money easily as just clicking your fingers. Mm. So um, that's, that's it about how to structure a story, three parts, normal, the event or explosion and a new normal. And um, if you leave parts out, then it doesn't quite work or if you start in the right place. So I don't know whether you saw this uh, advert that was um, last, I think it was end of last year, was about these Peloton exercise bikes. No? <laughs> I think I, someone told me about it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, that's oh, quite an interesting right. one. So it starts off with a with a uh, with, with a lady kind of riding uh, um, riding a bike, and um, and the 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 um, the advert went wrong because they they left out the the original normal how how maybe the if the person was stressed and couldn't find time mm -hmm. to exercise and couldn't drive to the gym and her kids were screaming in the background and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and then how her life changes by her husband giving, gifting her this beautiful bike. And then how her life is now so lovely that she can exercise in front of her television or something like that. So they, they left out the beginning part of the story and that basically turned the whole advert to custard. And uh, people went on, oh, this is so bad. And if you find it somehow, just school it or so. It's, it's quite interesting. And um, yeah, so, so that's basically about uh, the, the, the story parts. And um, some, some other components of, of a story is that you have to have a hero or kind mm. of character that your audience can identify with. Mm. So if, if you are have a very personal brand and not running a business where you represent your brand, then usually you want your clients to be able to identify with you so um, that they can basically imagine being you. Like when you read a book, they co-create your story mm. and they go with you through the story. And you need authentic emotion in that. And that's where kind of vulnerability comes in. Like, like you know how your, um, how your clients feel at their lowest point when they basically hide in the bathroom because that's the only place that children, your children leave, leave you alone. You know, <laughs> kind of, um, for me, it was always taking my dogs for a walk. Mm. So no one could, could get to me. I just, took my dogs for a walk and um, if I wanted to I could 
scream and cry in the forest, you know, <laughs> snow, a bit weird, but, um, but, you know, sometimes when you've got your own coping me mechanisms, so you, there needs to be the authentic emotions. You need, how to, you need to know how to feel uh, your, your clients feel. Then also it needs to have this significant moment, this aha moment where this epiphany or the realization that something needs to change. That's a very, very powerful detail that you must not forget. And then also you need a lot of um, specific details, some description, some imagery that is relevant to your audience, some, some details that engage their imagination and that help them creating a scene that looks and feels familiar to them. So that they, for example, say, oh yeah, I just do the same, you know, I know I, I, I just go out and to get away from it all. Some go to the pub for, for a drink, uh, some whatever, uh, go into the kitchen in the middle of the night and, and eat the leftover dessert or <laughs> something. It's a tub of ice cream or something. Um, that's really, really important that, that the story has those, um, those elements because then they can connect easier mm -hmm. because you're creating scenarios that are familiar to them. And um, yeah, and I, I really, really admire Kendra Hall, who's written a brilliant book called um, Stories That Stick. Hmm. And she goes into four different type of stories that, that you could, um, that are good to tell um, for businesses. So as an entrepreneur, you can tell different stories. So I don't know. Um, One's called the value story, where you basically talk about the value that your offer has. One is a founder story that's basically telling your story, how you came to, to be to the place where you're now. And then another one is customer stories, which basically are more or less testimonials. Mm. And um, they kind of enhance credibility and all that. And if, if you've got a business, um, then there's another one with purpose stories that's basically to, to get the whole team on, or into the boat and get them all kind of streamlined so that's that's very much about storytelling and um i and and the stories can be very short sometimes the story is just a paragraph you can you can do that and i really really recommend using stories a lot because they they draw people in and they're so so powerful and if you have any questions i i think you can whatever when you find me just drop me a question or get back to jono and use your storytelling mm -hmm. and now I, I think if you don't have any questions with that um then we could move on to to web copy but jono do you remember a big aha moment yes for that... oh, yes yes well i've um I love stories myself and I found that one of my best selling points in my other business fitness education online is yeah, my personal story and I can use it in many different ways. So I can even give a quick summary here for, for the listeners. So my beginning was I used to run a fitness boot camp, and I sucked at it. I had hardly any clients, you know, the ones that I had would leave, you know, I, I wasn't very good at all. And I was in a franchise at the time. There were 75 different boot camp locations at this, um, or, yeah, locations of this franchise, and you were ranked on how good you were. One being the best, 75th being the worst. 
Take a guess what I was ranked, Kirsten? Um, when I started. Six, 68? <laughs> I, wish, I wish. 75. All right? Oh, no. Dead last. Dead last. Uh, and we <laughs> had to go to this convention at the end of the year with all different yeah. 75 boot camp instructors. And I didn't want to go because I was the worst one there. You know, I didn't want to go and, and hang, hang around all these people that were better than me and bigger than me and stronger than me and better looking than me and fitter than me. I can't think of anything worse, right? Um, but I bit the bullet and went because I was like, well, if I don't go, I'm probably going to get fired. If I do go, maybe there's a chance I won't get fired. And then what I, I went there, it was the best thing ever. I learned so much different things that, I, that I'll share with you in a sec. But cut a long story short, learning just what I learned in that um, workshop, that three-day workshop, I've, I implemented that nonstop for a year, went back to mm. this same convention 12 months later, and take a guess what I was ranked. Number 10. Number one. Wow. Yeah, 75. Wow. So if you want to know what I did, just click the link below and buy the course or, or whatever it may be. But <laughs> see how <laughs> with, with that and, and all those elements you mentioned, I've sort of weaved in, right? Where it's like, hey, here's yeah. the picture of where I was at the start, the explosion that, that happened, and then here's the solution here. Uh, yeah. And there I'm, I, and I can put the hero either way there. I can either put the hero on myself and say, hey, I'm so good, look what I did. Or I can put it on my mentors and be like, you know, what I learned from these people was, was amazing, you know, so make sure you, you get a mentor, yada, yada, yada. And the way I've structured that story is I can put anything in there. You know, I can say, hey, what it was was copywriting, you know. It's because I learned how to write copy that, that I did it. So go and buy Kirsten's copywriting course. Or, you know, it was sales. You know, I learned how to sell over the phone, and that's, that's the biggest thing there. So, you know, click below and get my sales course or, or whatever it may be. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of stories for that reason there. So, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I basically agree with you there. And, yeah, I think we, we move on to websites. We've probably got to wrap up in about five, ten minutes. Is that enough time to get an overview on websites? Oh, I can't. I don't think your mic's on, actually, Kirsten. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's enough. Um, so, so I can run through it quite quickly. So, um, so when you write web copy, you just need to keep in mind what's kind of the same things that I said earlier. So uh, you need to overcome this myth of the short attention span by using short sentences, short sections of writing. So give them a bit of visual space around your writing as well. Visual breaks, simple language, and relevant content and stories in there. So that's very important for, for web, website copy. And um, what I discovered actually are uh, that every web page has certain, you can break that down into certain elements that, um, that recur in different orders and on, on um, and some on, on some web pages, not on all of them. So you, you've got these different elements and then you can reshuffle them and combine them for, 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 for certain web pages. So, that's really, really interesting because then when you, when you write a web page, for example, you say, oh, I have to write my homepage today, then you haven't got this overwhelming task to write the whole homepage, but you can't just write one element of it. That could be, for example, a mini bio mm. something, or it could be a little bit about an intro to your offer, for example. So, um, 
and, and, and then just for the homepage, um, to give a few kind of details about the homepage. So generally, your homepage is the first page your audience lands on when they're going to, when they Google your website or when they get the link to your website. So that means that that is a start of a journey. So you have to think about what kind of journey do you want to take your website um, readers on? So where do you want them to go? So you have to have that mapped out, what kind of journey you want them to take. And usually a classical journey is from homepage to about me page to services page to kind of check out or something. Um, and um, then you need to, um, you need to encourage the clicks so that they actually follow that, that journey. So you have to have some call to actions on there, some links, some hyperlinks and all that. So if you want to take them to your about me page, then um, you tell your readers exactly that. You tell them exactly what you want to do and you have one call to action. You don't want to, you need to keep it really, really simple. That if, as soon as you give people a choice, they get confused. They are, oh, shall I go to the about me page or shall I go to the contact page? So from your homepage, one way, one path to where you want them to go next. So let's assume we, we send them to your about me page and basically the about me page is the soul of your website and you need this page to create trust in you. And it, it's the page where you connect your reader with your story. And it reveals your personality, it explains your why. And the why is so important if anyone, I think a lot of you have come in contact with Simon Sinek and his famous TED talk about starting with why. So that comes across in the About Me page and it answers the question of what's in it for me. Mm. And that's possibly the most important question that someone that, that, that your clients have, what's in it for me? Why should I read this stuff? And if they find out what's in it for them, then you tell them what they can do next to get what, what they need. And then you send them to your services page. So the, the services page is generally not the first page they click on or they land on. And the services page is basically there to create trust in your services. It's a bit of a sales pitch and it gives them an overview of, of the services that you provide, kind of top level view. And then you uh, could send them to your, to your sales page, depends on, on what your journey is. So when, when you send, so for, for example, so um, often you have these, uh, on your services page, you have three offers. You've got a low cost one, a medium cost and, and, and a high cost one. And generally you, you want the, the, um, the medium cost one is your cash cow. So you possibly have the longest, most elaborate sales page for your medium offer and the other one get some short ones. So you send them to the loan, uh, to your sales page and depending of the cost, so for, for, if you have a, whatever, a hundred dollar offer, you don't need a long sales page. But if you have a $4,000 offer, then you need a longer sales page because you basically need to mimic a sales conversation on that page. You need to go through this sales 
process on that page. So you, you need to um, go through the process where you um, open and close the gap, which means basically the gap between where they are now and the gap uh, and, and where they want to be. So that's what you do in, in kind of um, a few times on, on the sales page with different type of, type of elements. So you go through their struggles and pains with what they really want. You, um, you tell them about where they could be, what their life could look like. And if you do that well, then, then people have an infinite attention span and they, they read a, a sales page that is a mile long only if you keep them entertained. And you can do that with your storytelling and understanding your customers and making them feel with you and root for you and that kind of thing. So that's sales pages. And, and uh, another page, which is really, really important is landing pages. Mm -hmm. So um, so landing pages, they can be for, for example, if you're announcing a webinar, you can have a landing, if you, you have a Facebook ad because you want to do a free webinar or so, then you create a landing, you send them from the ad directly to landing page where they can register and then um, they can uh, put their name into a form or if you have a, um, <clears throat> a lead magnet, for example, they land on, on, on your, your lead magnet that they can Ex, uh, download for exchange of their email address. So landing pages, they're called um, opt-in pages or squeeze pages or lead capture page or lead generation page. So you can build your list with that. And um, the, the interesting things for landing pages is whereas, for example, all, the, all your other pages, they, um, apart from the sales page, they have a menu on the top, your home about me page and your services page. So they can always, um, go backwards and forwards, landing pages, they don't have a menu. So they, the only options are to stay on this page and fill in the form, give their email address or to close, close the page. And um, you need to make it interesting enough that you have, for example, if, you, if you're promoting lead magnet, that is a really, really good lead magnet so that they want to give their email address. And with that, you have to have a good headline, a subheader. You need to have a strong call to action. You need to have an easily designed opt-in form, not a mile long, but usually just um, their email address and... and um, Maybe their name. Yeah, and their name. That, that's possibly first name, last name, email address. Not more than that. It needs to be really easy and quick. People uh, don't, don't like to fuss around and answer tons of questions. And then you can have a little bit of support content. Um, you could have a mini bio on there. You could have a little bit of a breakdown of a program that you're offering or, or what you will cover in the webinar, for example. And um, that's it for the landing page. And a lot of people ended there but if you wanted to go a little bit further, you could then hop into an email sequence, for example, where you say, okay, that once they click the send button and they get a thank you email, <clears throat> oh, thank you for registering with the webinar. Here's where you can join my Facebook group, the pop-up group, and here's, um, here's your download, your 
um, your freebie, have a look at it and you give them some instructions and then you could follow up uh, the next day maybe with another email. Did you get a chance to look at my, my freebie? What do you think of it? Why don't you try this out? And so that you engage a little bit and make sure that they actually turn up for your webinar. And you could even send them a reminder that you have a webinar. So basically that's it in a nutshell about very, very quickly about web pages. Of course, there's a lot more that I could say, but I think um, just as a short run through, that's yeah. it. <laughs> I think you did a perfect job because we've got to finish up now anyway, because we're a bit short on time. So just my final question to you, Kirsten, is someone's listening to this, someone's watching this, they're like, you know what, that was awesome. I want to find more out about Kirsten. I want to join a Facebook group. I want to um, go to a program. Give yourself a, a quick shout out. What's the name of the Facebook group there? The name of the Facebook group is Copywriting for <laughs> Coaches, I'm, Consultants and Service-Based Entrepreneurs. It's a, awesome. a very I'll, long name. I'll put that link straight in the notes anyway. And your course, what's the best, uh, or what's your website, Kirsten? Yeah, my website is www.theworddistiller.com. And my online program is called the Copywriting Lab. Awesome. So, I'll put all those links down in the bio. Um, Kirsten, I've got to run. I've got, I've got another meeting now, but thank you very much for your time and I'll, I'll send you a DM on Facebook. Great. And thank you for having me. And I hope to see a lot more really well-written copy in the future. Awesome. Thank you, Kirsten. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses.